Welcome to the Perp Web Podcast, hosted by Joe Bosch. <laughs> okay, all right, I think we're ready for Deb Adams' talk about give, this very topic, giving back. <laughs> giving. What giving, a segue. Giving, I think giving to receive. <laughs> I've been set up. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. You're welcome. Uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, tuning in wherever you are. I, I enjoy um, face-to-face meetings, and so I really hope that uh, next year we can all get together because I enjoy the breaking bread and sharing a cup and, and talking with, with everyone. But I, I appreciate you, Joe, for including me in, in your conference. So thank you for inviting me. Um, Joe asked me to talk about this topic. And so I thought about it. And I was like, he, I think he's trying to set me up. So it's OK. <laughs> it's not the first time. I'm really not. It's not the first time. First time. Um, but he wanted me to talk about the unique position and privilege um, of being a perfusionist and the responsibility uh, that goes along with our profession. And so I, re- you know, I thought about it, I reflected, and, and, and so I see the responsibility of our profession and the actions of all my colleagues and my friends you know, every day. And sometimes I see some behaviors that uh, are challenging to me to, to understand. But you know, I have to... Um, at the end of the day, I only look myself in the mirror and say what I did right and what I did wrong and what I can do better. And, and I think all of us have to do that. But I, um, I kind of flipped it. And I look at the responsibility is the privilege um, of our very unique profession of perfusion technology. So that's kind of uh, how I want to. So it's going to be a make us pretty proud of what we do. Because I am proud of our profession and I am humbled and privileged to be uh, all of your colleagues. So for me, it started uh, actually at the Texas Heart Institute where all of, uh, a lot of the THI grads, this is where we started uh, not only our skills and knowledge, but our professional attitudes of, of what that means. And um, you know, I can't talk about uh, responsibility of profession without talking about Dr. Cooley. Uh, Dr. Denton Cooley um, is the founder of the Texas Heart Institute. He dedicated his life's work to eradicating uh, the toll of cardiovascular disease and established the Heart Institute uh, for this mission uh, to promote education, to promote research, and to take care of the cardiac patient. And he did that every single day of his life as a, as a, a physician. And uh, those of us that were privileged to work with Dr. Cooley saw that in his behaviors every single day. He was there 6 o'clock in the morning or probably earlier. That's what time we'd show up. And he was already there uh, rounding on his patients every single day, weekends included. Though he didn't um, not make time for his family, there was always a Sunday afternoon, uh, you know, from from talks from his family that he was present there as well. But I remember um, one of the many floods that we had in Houston, and I happened to be the call girl, so I was you know, riding it out. And Dr. Cooley showed up with his neatly pressed scrubs rolled up to his ankles barefoot. He walked to the hospital in the flooding waters so that he could take care of his patients. So uh, example of 
what we model uh, our professional behaviors and, and, and you know promoting education specifically for our profession uh, Dr. Cooley um, helped establish and did establish the Texas Heart Institute School of Perfusion which next year in uh, 2022 we will be celebrating 50 years wow. so it will be 50 years of educating perfusionists and so I think that's, that's um, half a century that's a half a century and so not only for THI graduates, but for everyone, every perfusionist should feel proud about the fact that, you know, we're not that old of a profession and that we've had a continuous um, uh, program for 50 years that's been supported um, by the Institute. So it's a celebration not just for THI graduates, but I think for, for everyone. Uh, yes, and that, I, hope, I think you that know, is great. So. It's an icon. I remember, I mean, it would, you know, I, it's an icon. The Texas Heart Institute School of Perfusion is an icon. Yeah, and, uh, it really you know, is. And, you know, we, which Charlie was the founder of the school along with Dr. Cooley and Dr. Keats, and, uh, you know, he's from the Ohio State, and I was really sad when the Ohio State program closed because another, I mean, that was the first school, and so it was very sad when that program closed. So, you know, we want to carry the torch. Um, for for all of us, so I, I hope to hear from THI grads out there <laughs> your thoughts. And so, can't talk about THI without talking about Charles Reed. Uh, Charlie Reed was my program director. Uh, he was our uh, chief when I went through school, and uh, I I share this quote um, about Charlie that was in an article that D Dr. Cooley wrote. And um, he was autocratic, he was abrasive, he was an extreme disciplinarian. I suffered all of those things. But he also was extremely um, charming and witty, and he wrote poetry, and he collected um, you know, art and uh, grew beautiful orchids um, that he had Terry Crane steal from South America. <laughs> which is a story all into itself. I'm not sure how professional that was. Um, but his dedication to our profession and his pursuit of excellence in our profession is why, along with all the others that, you know, Jerry Dobson, Richard, uh, you know, Mark Cruz, and so many, but Charlie um, was passionately and uncompromising about our professional responsibility and the development of our uh, professional societies, our certification. And so you can have an opinion about Charlie, good, bad, indifferent, and it's usually one or the other, but we are an established pre profession, large in part because of, of Charlie Reed. So, um, uh, but he, those of us that trained under him and the, in the THI way, uh, part of, your responsibility to learn skills and knowledge is also your professional responsibility. And it is a privilege. And um, that was instilled in, in all of the people that trained under Charlie. So, And so I can't talk about THI without talking about the best class that ever graduated, <laughs> the December class of 1984, which was my class. And uh, we were a band of brothers. Uh, yes, the profession is small, um, but with this group of friends and colleagues, I learned um, 
how to be a team player. I learned how to be responsible and accountable and how to own my own mistakes. I learned how to be humble. I learned uh, friendship. Um, I learned how to be supported. I learned how to receive. Because um, you can't really give of yourself until you learn how to get a gift. And that was hard for me. Um, I, you know, I kind of want to always give, give, give. But it's because I don't know how to get, get, get. So um, still uh, some lifelong friends in this group. Sadly, some of my uh, classmates are no longer with us. And I wanted to share on uh, the American, the, uh, the board has a, a website, well, a page. And you should visit that page. It's a really uh, thoughtful page that they've added. And so they have uh, listed, you know, uh, our comrades, our colleagues that are no longer with us, and uh, they're doing some um, some articles about people, you know, uh, honoring them and in memory of them. And I, I encourage everybody to, if you haven't seen it, to to actually go there and look and and just do some reflecting. So, so anyway, uh, whoever's out there in the class of 1984, love you. So uh, just uh, I would like for everybody to reflect and, you know, honestly, I'd like to hear some stories because it is interesting when you hear the different paths of how we got to this unique place of being a perfusionist. So uh, all of you listening, I'd like for you to just reflect on your path of how you got introduced to perfusion technology and who influenced your unique position of being a perfusionist, who that person was. And think about your personal journey and your mentors and um, who you're mentoring because that's part of our professional privilege of being a perfusionist is not only uh, uh, gain, gaining that knowledge but also sharing. And so uh, I would like to uh, acknowledge, because I have the platform to do it, the person that um, gave me the chance, and that's Nancy Anaz Hicks. And I know she's retired now, but she talked Charlie into giving me a spot uh, in that class. And um, I wouldn't be here without her. And I model the way I teach and the way I talk to my students um, with how she taught me. She was kind and thoughtful, but she was all, always present, even though you didn't know she was there, but she'd appear. And she gave me space to um, make mistakes but not ever hurt anybody. And she encouraged and, and uh, uh, she was a wonderful teacher. And so thank you, Nancy. I love you. And so I hope that all of you, you know, you know reflect on who taught you. Billy Applegate. There you go. So <laughs> I'd love to hear from, from everybody or call them or send them a message. He yeah, said, well, definitely. I I can't send <laughs> you don't want to hear from me. <laughs> Jeez. I, I, if I could send, if I could send him a message and he would reply to it, I, I would probably join him second. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was it, and I don't have you know here I don't have the numbers, but Joe knows them. When you think about how small our profession is, with there's 4,400 mm -hmm. certified perfusionists, and then you think how many cardiothoracic surgeons? Well, you know, maybe 1,200. Like, 12,000? Currently? Yeah. In the United States? Yes. Okay. But worldwide, you know, and maybe a third of that pediatric, you know, cardiovascular uh, surgeons. And then 
Um, anesthesiologist, that's going to be what? They're a dime a dozen. Okay. <laughs> so does, you get my point. And then you said maybe millions not. of nurses, so maybe uh, you know, 900,000 cardiovascular nurses. I mean, I don't know. I tried to Google it and mm -hmm. find a number. But I guess the point is we are a small band of brothers. We very are so. a very small profession, and that is a unique privilege to be uh, in this. And, you know, it comes with responsibility, but it is, uh, you know, um, I think it's worth it. It's been a great career. Somebody just said Sal. Yeah. Got to add Sal to that list. Exactly. Sal Gretcho. Of course. Yeah. So just sharing, uh, you know, the AMSEC code of ethics. I know we talked about our professional organizations, and these are just the code of ethics from AMSEC, um, that we need to uphold the dignity and honor of our profession. We need to respect the patient's rights and dignity. Um, the third one I'd like, hopefully, to get some discussion about. Uh, we should provide only those services for which they are qualified. So that goes back to, you know, the training and the certification, but also our responsibility to, to make sure that we are proficient in the skills and knowledge and behaviors that are encompassed in our scope. So I don't take this to say, oh, I don't do those kind of cases. I don't do that. Somebody else needs to do that. That you need to make sure that you educate yourself so that you're qualified to do mm -hmm. that. So I'd like to, maybe get some feedback if possible on that because I've had some conflicts about that over the years. Mm -hmm. um, well, I will tell you, I don't do pediatrics. I don't do babies. And it's not because I can't learn. Probably can't learn now. Um, but I think it's unique. They're not little adults. No, And I not. think that's a, such, a, mm -hmm. such a different subspecialty. And I think... Uh, it would be, uh, it would be um, probably uh, uh, a dangerous level of hubris for me to think that I could just go do some kid. Um, I think it would be, you know, baby. I think that would be Absolutely. inappropriate. Well, well, of course. I would hope that if you're not, for example, a pediatric, experienced in pediatric mm -hmm. perfusion and you took a job in pediatric perfusion, yeah. that you would then... Be Absolutely. trained and mentored right. and do all those things. Right. We are qualified to yes. do those things, sure. but that doesn't right. mean that you're experienced mm -hmm. enough to be, um, you know, on your own right away. Now, someone showed up at our hospital, and it was a pediatric, a very small pediatric, and they, they, they ended up there, and I had to do something. You know, there is the phone a friend. So I'm on the phone. I mean, if we had to do something that was life-saving, and get through it, uh, you can't, to your point, say, I don't do that, and just leave it alone. So, you know, we are, as you said, qualified, but we're not what we do normally. Right. Correct. So number three here, <clears throat> members shall provide only those services for which they are qualified. What do you think they mean by qualified? Does, does that go towards, uh, you know, your talk on, on certification and such, you know? That's a good question. It is a good question because it, it, it's a little loose there. Mm -hmm. So what are those services? Um, to me, that's certification, the scope of practice. Mm -hmm. I feel that that's those services for which we are qualified. Again, going back to pediatrics, um, 
you know, talking to new grads that are interested in pediatrics, but they think they need experience in adult perfusion first or perfusion in general, I always tell them you've been trained in this, you're learn those skills are the, are the same. They are different in, in specialty, but they, you, you still learn about tubing flow, how to yeah. buffer drugs, uh, calculate, you learn those things. And then where you go, I'm sure there's policy procedure, there's specifications, there's the way they do it, there's, um, you know, their mentoring of you, um, their onboarding of you. So I, I tell students, if that's your passion, you go, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you seek that out because you have, you are, you are coming out with those skills. And, but again, the certif certification, I believe, qualifies us. And, it, and it's up to us as the privilege to make sure we are up on things. And, it, and, if, we, and you know, if we get presented with something or if we're worried that so, or something's going to change in my practice, I need to seek out some friends or some uh, tools that are out there for me to keep my skills, get new ones, and keep my proficiency and my competency. Because I, I'm, I'm sure anybody out there would say, you know, you do not want to go into something that you feel unprepared to do. Mm -hmm. You know the consequences of not being prepared. Mm -hmm. At least hopefully we do. And, and I think that's instilled in us in training. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think too it also applies to what's required of us. We are required to get continuing education. It's not to check a box or, uh, you know, go on vacation, although you can do lots of those things together, mm -hmm. but you should be trying to learn things that either you find interesting and you just want to learn about, or that you can apply and bring back to where you are. Yeah. As an employer, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, 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 a grinding wheel, because I want to send people to conferences, I won't say who, because I don't want to embarrass anybody, it wasn't Patrick. Um, it wasn't me. It wasn't you. It wasn't anyone at this table. Okay. No one at this table, but I, uh, they were, they were wanted to go me, to a so. meeting uh, that was in Europe. Oh, I know. It was a very you. good meeting. And um, they were, while the meeting was going on, they were posting pictures. Uh, this meeting was in Spain, but they were posting pictures <laughs> from Italy. You know, you know the leaning so tower of pizza is not hard <laughs> to be in Spain and Italy at the same time. Well, I think that and goes, that's, uh, that's that's one of the things that 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 as an well, employer is problematic and irresponsible on the part well, of. Uh, well, that's an individual's choice. I mean, they're they're choosing to yes. not. Yeah. But at the same time, even as an employer, and I've been I was an employee much longer than I was an employer. I would go to a meeting, and I didn't want to listen to every talk. Sure. There were sure. certain ones that I just didn't, I, like, I have no interest in this at all. But what's my professional responsibility? To go to every session of the meeting, go to most of the meeting, go to only those things that I found interesting, which was a limited portion of the meeting? Well, I those think, are debatable questions. Yeah, they are. And I think that goes back to, you know, your own, you, you have to hold yourself accountable yourself. Correct. That, yeah, that's, personal, that's that personal accountability. And, you know, if you don't have the integrity to go to the, stay in the same country as the meeting, I'm like, I don't know, Joe. That one's, um, that's a no, hard one. one. Thing it was a good talking to. Our, yeah. uh, our credentials at the hospitals that we have to have signed, I think, every year by the surgeon say 
that um, you know we're we do whatever they tell us to do. You know. Yeah. So so I mean I find myself doing some things that are outside of the scope of practice, yeah. which is fun really. But you know, yeah, I'll just clamp or whatever. Yeah, that that's <laughs> true. And I, but I kind of take that that statement and uh, that those services for which we're qualified it, yeah. as that and uh, to stay within our scope I, you know we I don't think we should be and this is me personally uh, should be um, telling you know physicians what meds to push mm -hmm. um, I'm not an anesthesiologist I'm not I, I don't I haven't had medical training I'm trained as a cardiovascular perfusionist you know, so I think uh, if they ask my opinion about, you know, let me flow more instead of, you know, pushing a presser, then that, ask my opinion. So I think it's staying within our scope, and um, that's how I read that. Not necessarily so that we don't start practicing, like, doing things we shouldn't. Should mm -hmm. we be, you know, taking leg vein? Should we, if you're trained. If, if you're, you're trained. If you're they, trained. They do do that in the... Uh, if you, I am, but I I'm, I'm personally not trained, trained, and therefore yeah. I don't find that within yeah. my scope of yeah. practice. I shouldn't and I've be. I've proven myself incompetent so that they won't ever ask me. So again, I think these these are you know standards that we have to hold ourselves to. I, I think you know the last uh, statement here ties into what Ann talked about. Uh, you know. Promoting uh, and our our standards, and then uh, in being included in education research and presentation publications, and that takes participation in our professional societies. And I, I think it is part of our privilege and responsibility to participate. And then you personally have to choose where that participation is and with what group. I'm you know it's really exciting to me to see so many state societies and other societies and. If that's where you feel like you get value and you can give, then that's what I don't think everybody has to be a member of AMSEC or, or the Academy or, or both. It's just, you know, I think that's a professional responsibility that you, you have to choose. So, so um, I, I, when Joe asked me to do this, I, then I started thinking about well, what, what are the values and mission statements of you know, my colleagues, my friends. And so I looked at a few of the perfusion groups and I looked at your mission, your mission statement and so I decided to um, kind of include that in this talk. So thinking about your own group that you work with, what are the perfusion team core values and, you know, what, and I think all of us have some of the similar, you know, core values in what we strive to do. And, and these are the hard ones uh, and I would like feedback on how do you assess and teach that to a young professional. Because as an educator uh, teaching uh, the skills, we have the curriculum, this, the knowledge is in the consensus curriculum, and then we talk about professional behaviors. Those behaviors that encompass being a professional and being responsible to our profession. And those are, you know, uh, intrinsic in some people, and in others, they, they have to be um, developed. And that's the harder thing to do. And I'd like some feedback, especially people that have um, hired some 
newer graduates or older graduates um, from years back and what what did educators do right and what how can we do that better but um, looking at core values uh, for uh, perfusion team uh, of course integrity is always on the list and um, this is a picture that Terry Crane actually had put up on the class board you know, the board for all the students to, to look at um, that reminding us that integrity is doing the right thing even if nobody's watching. And we all do really good stuff when somebody's watching us, but <laughs> when nobody's watching, do, do we behave the same, the same way? Are, are your behaviors the same? When you drop that connector on the ground at 2 o'clock in the morning and nobody's around, do you pick it up and use it or do you... As long Start as it's within live. five seconds. Five seconds. <laughs> That's okay. a full roll. A piece of your skin ends up on the inside, yeah, inside of the in. reservoir. Yeah, if there's not blood and skin on the connector, I mean, but you have to make a decision. Gosh. It depends on what's going on. But, yeah, that, that one. So, again, um, doing the right thing. And that, I think that kind of assesses all of it, at this responsibility of this unique profession. If you don't have integrity, then it's tough to do all the other stuff. So the other one that's always seems to be on everybody's core values and missions is accountability. Your willingness to accept responsibility for your actions. And this includes your personal and professional accountability. And this kind of goes to what Joe was sharing with his employee that went to a meeting but they weren't at the meeting they were in a different country they were in a different countries but um, I would like some feedback from the audience about um, when you have someone on your team that is reluctant or projecting blame or or not blame but responsibility onto others how do you redevelop that skill that professional behavior or is that one that you're either accountable or you're not I've got a thought on that yeah I do too. okay so um, because when you've got students and you're teaching them you know they're apprehensive and you know they want to look good and they want they don't want to be you know shamed in front of their peers but that's a hard one to do and you have to learn how to do this if you're going to do it uh, and be the professional in the room telling a surgeon, you know, stop. I've got a problem back here. What happened? I messed up, but, you know, patient, mm -hmm. do no harm. The patient's okay. I can fix it. Mm -hmm. Instead of just not saying anything. Well, you know my favorite saying, right? What is it? Not enough to look good. You've got to be good or no good. I should have put this in here. That's a good one. That's he says a it a one. lot. We should, we should have t-shirts. Mm, we should. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then we wouldn't have to say it. Yeah, you wouldn't have to say it. Okay. This uh, other core value, uh, availability and responsiveness. Yeah. And this one, um, not only to react quickly and positively, and being attentive, being present for your patient, and be accessible for your patient. You know, we have to remember that these are um, 
our, our patients that we're serving don't know who we are, we're total strangers, and they're giving us the, the, the privilege of taking care of them. These are real people, real lives, with loved ones that depend on them. And they depend on us, and they may never even know who we are. And to me, that is the ultimate privilege, that responsibility, that privilege. And I know you all, um, as perfusionists, um, agree with that and feel that. And if, you know, that's, that's worth it, you know. The sacrifices that we might feel that we make, it's this responsibility, this privilege of, of, of serving a stranger. Um, and um, well, it's not just even serving a stranger, right? They are completely vulnerable. So we're right. the advocate. Right. Yeah. We have to be their advocate mm -hmm. for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And we and we need to be, you know, trained and skilled and practice our skills so that we can react. And like like you were saying the other night, you and Joe had to change out that ECMO circuit. And <laughs> it's like, okay, let me. <laughs> This is the real deal, absolutely. Mm -hmm. so. but, yeah, yeah. but it wasn't, but you know, handled professionally, couldn't, you know, couldn't freak out, <laughs> didn't mm -hmm. have to act like, you know, didn't know what to do, uh, had a plan and did it. Yeah. So I think the cornerstone of our unique privilege and responsibility is education, and we talked about this earlier as our responsibilities to uh, being participating in our professional societies. But our uh, commitment to lifelong learning, absolutely, um, and you know that commitment. I think even more so in healthcare and especially in perfusion technology because it is dynamic. It changes. We've all seen changes over our careers and it's getting really interesting. Um, it's fun to teach these young professionals because they have, you know, uh, they've grown up with computers and iPads and so their, their brains are multitasking and it's really fun to uh, watch how they absorb all this new technology. You know, we get in all these new fancy pumps with all these, you know, intricate things that control them and I still want the knob so I can hold on to it. That's what I want is a knob. <laughs> I want the knob. Just let me turn it on. I wanted to share this picture. Terry retired. I see him. I see him. You know you can use your Terry's finger retired. and with the laser. Oh, I, I don't want to mess it, it up. Just, just touch it. it and hold it. There, there he is. is. There There's he Terry. is. And he's got his boots on. They're all spiffy and shiny. You can see him. He comes back to the classroom to share his pearls of wisdom and tidbits of knowledge. That is the privilege but the responsibility. I mean, he's the, he walks and talks it. And he comes back to share and they're, um, as you can see, they're mesmerized by what he knows and what he gives. So he continues to share his skills and knowledge and uh, we are so fortunate that he chooses to do that in our classroom at our school. So uh, this is a picture with our, some of our current students with Terry there. So, um, and talking about, yeah. So when I think of the epitome of the responsibility of being a perfusionist and this unique profession, uh, this picture is perfect for me and it has 
three people that I, I respect and love um, and are the epitome of responsibility. Uh, Jim McDonald is a perfusionist um, uh, that is a Canadian perfusionist, but a colleague, a lifelong colleague. He trained in the 1960s when perfusionists were called lung, heart-lung technologists um, <laughs> before the, the word perfusionist came to being. Um, Jim is um, a mentor, and he's got a unique perspective on the the role of a mentor and a mentee and how, what, how much you gain from the student and the person you're mentoring and that special relationship. And so uh, Jim continues to support the THI School of Perfusion. He was in, he was in industry before he retired. He was involved in uh, the development of the Canadian uh, Perfusion Professional Societies and their professional uh, education process and certification. He was a past president of the American Board. He's an Academy member. And if you have not uh, read his uh, Charlie Reed Memorial uh, speech that he gave while he was president, I encourage you to go to the Academy website and read it because his words uh, will, will touch you as far as what a privilege it is to be a perfusionist and the responsibilities that come with that. So Jim McDonald, uh, I hope you're on the lake in Canada enjoying a nice beverage, but <laughs> and then uh, of course Sal Grecho, my partner in crime um, and husband. Um, he was a wonderful friend, but an incredible educator. Sal gave it every time, every day to every student. And so when I think of the epitome of responsibility to educating others, there. Along with Terry, but Sal, I mean, he he was it. Um, he could take really uh, difficult situations and um, explain them in a way that that students felt like, you know, what I can do this and I can be really good at it. And he was honest with them about um, the good, the bad, and the ugly of our profession. But Sal was always present. He was there for his team, he was there for his surgeons, he was there for his friends, um, and um, he, uh, I can't think of anyone other uh, as, than Sal Grecho as far as when I think of um, being uh, a responsible, unique, incredible person, and I miss him. Um, but Sal, uh, I know you're smiling, so. Here's and for you. those who don't know, I mean, in case anybody doesn't know, Sal is Ann's husband. Yes, and, I uh, did mention that, but I might not have said it loud enough. I didn't. I didn't hear it, so I'm I apologize sorry. for it. No, that's okay. Yes. You may have. I just didn't hear you, so yeah. I just wanted to mention it again. Yes, and he was a perfusionist at the Heart Institute his entire career. He spent his entire career of all, uh, close to 30 years teaching students. So, of the over 900 perfusion graduates from the THI School of Perfusion, Sal's taught almost all of them, nonstop. So, yeah. kudos <laughs> to you. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the third, uh, it's just so, you know, perfect picture because the third person in this picture is, is Terry Crane, who, if you look up responsibility in the dictionary, you're going <laughs> to see a 
photo of Terry Crane. He dedicated 46 years of his life to perfusion, to the profession of perfusion, as a clinician, as an educator, as a leader in innovation, in design, in development of product, in manufacturing, as the program director of the school for many years. Um, his passion for emergency preparedness and for us to be uh, skilled, knowledgeable perfusionists is um, bar none. Um, he is a member of his professional organizations, and um, I think the only thing we think of with Terry is, do we have to be that responsible? <laughs> it's like, the bar. Yeah. The bar is really high. Oh, my wife's in labor. Okay, call you back. Can't leave. Bye. That's Terry. He did, oh you know, he went home to make sure the baby was breathing and he came back to work. So, uh, so Terry's retired. He's enjoying his life, uh, but he is giving back to education and will continue to do so. So, uh, thank you, Terry Crane, for sharing your tidbits of knowledge and pearls of wisdom with, with all of us. So. so can I ask a favor? Sure. Matt, is he has to leave shortly. We're running a little bit behind. Sure, absolutely. Could we do yours in two parts? Sure, absolutely. And let me let Matt get his done. Absolutely. And then we'll come back and we'll finish your medical mission stuff because I do want to see that. No, yes. tomorrow's medical mission. Oh, what's today? Is this your last slide? No, but I, no. I want to hear Matt talk. Would you mind? No. We've got plenty of time, really. We're, we're good. No, we do have time? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're fine. Okay, well, Magic was telling me, again, Magic is, the, the uh, Magic, once again, Magic is telling me that I had needed to get you on. He's so, a time management keeper. It's a job. So we're okay? Yeah. He's doing his it's job. It's a thing. Okay, all right. Let me let you continue. Okay. So please I'll forgive finish. me. No, I, no I'm my, not trying to rush you. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've got sandwiches. <laughs> Matt, thank you. I appreciate you. I, I just quickly want to talk about making sure that we're, re, that we're all responsible to ourselves and our families. Because mm -hmm. uh, part of this privilege... Um, is also making sure that we take care of ourselves. Take, take care of your physical, spiritual, and mental health. So you don't have to fall on the stake every single day. Um, you know, teaching our students that, though they call it work-life balance, which Cherry does not like that, so I, I'm never going to say that if he's a present. But you do need to give yourself gifts. You do need to be, um, take time off to you know, give yourself a gift. Take a trip, just stay home and, you know, be with a friend and have a cup of coffee or a cup of something else that would, well, you'd like to share. And be present. Be present with those that love you and with those you love so that you uh, can come back to work and give and be responsible because it isn't the easiest profession, which we all know. And what I shared earlier about being open to receiving, let people be grateful for you. You give a lot. We, this has been a tough year for everyone. You give, give, give. Let receive also uh, and, and do that with gratitude. And don't and forget grace. to do that. Absolutely. Be humble and kind in how you receive and how you give. Absolutely. So, so in closing, I just wanted to share this. Um, this is a picture that hangs outside of the, the school door. Um, it's 
picture of Mary Martin and in her quote it says, my sincere appreciation for the privilege of being a member of the first team. And I want us all to continue to um, um, enjoy the privilege of being a member of a cardiothoracic team as a perfusionist because it's a unique and wonderful career. And um, I thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. That's incredible. Is that, is that, a, is that, the, is that the coffee pot? That's the coffee pot. That's the coffee pot. That's the coffee pot. There it is. In action. In he action. stole that from, uh, from uh, uh, what's that guy's name up in, he was up in Mayo. Not Dodgerill, the other guy. Lily High? Well, Lily High, he was the guy that worked in Lily High's lab that originally came up with it. I can't remember his name oh, now. Oh, goodness. Oh, you can I ask can't me remember. hard questions. It'll come up. But uh, great pick of Sal. Say that again. You're not talking about John Gibbons. No, no, no. That was, no. The coffee pot was from Mayo. I'll think of it later. I can't remember. But, I, I, um, but uh, remember. they had, uh, Cooley saw it and was like, huh, that's interesting, and came back here after visiting when them up Galetti there. When Galetti was it? When, huh? When Galetti was it? No, I don't remember, but it, it doesn't matter. He worked anyway. with Lily High, okay. and um, Dr. Cooley went to a, Somebody uh, out there to a, uh, uh, yeah. a restaurant um, supply store and bought that coffee pot. That's a percolator. Really, yeah. what it yeah. is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, and made it. And uh, so they made it by hand. Yeah. yeah, they made it in there. In they made that. So and it worked. Yeah, it did. It worked. Yeah. You, there is uh, an ethics committee uh, on uh, part of the American board. So if there are um, things that someone wants to bring to us in terms of what they. I think is an ethical violation. Those are taken by us, and they are looked at. Um, you know, we will not uh, take an anonymous <laughs> yeah. uh, outreach. Uh, it, it's it, not a hotline. You, you will have to uh, <laughs> take responsibility for for making that uh, for reaching out about it. But there, there. Contact the American Board if you do feel that there is something that needs to come up that way. We do have an ethics committee, and um, there are. There is a code of conduct and a code of ethics when you receive your CCP. So um, there, is, there is structure there. Yeah. You got to oh. answer that. So what is the what is the teeth behind that, Anne? I mean, in other words, let's say it's really something. I mean, it's really an egregious offense. Um, usually, hospitals are gonna they're gonna take your um, they're gonna take your privileges away. There's gonna be something that's gonna happen to you. Um, but uh, what what teeth does the board have? Could they pull your certification? Yes. They can. They could pull your CCP. Of course, uh, you know, that's not what we are about. We like to right. award certification and recertification. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like to take it away. Um, and it, it, it is a rigorous overview, and it certainly involves listening to all sides. You know, I would have to say if, if things do come up, it's, it's usually around how to uh, re rehabilitate or, or oh make better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's not to punish. Right. Yeah. So right. Because I know the nurses, you know, nurses have very strict, you know, if, if, if for example, let's say it's a uh, it's a uh, substance abuse issue, mm -hmm. you are going on now. They don't try to fire you either. It's very hard to lose your nursing license because. Not unlike us, albeit they have 3.4 million of them versus 4,300, 4,400, whatever it is of us, um, they're still in a shortage. We're in a shortage. I mean, those are just realities. 
So, um, but they put you on a program immediately. I mean, there's no joke. And they will pull your license. It's very difficult to get it back, big loan process. Uh, but it's hard to lose your license. Mm -hmm. You have to really be doing some bad stuff. Mm -hmm. My suspicion is, in, the, in regards to perfusionists, if somebody is doing something that warranted someone reporting them to the American board, they're likely losing their privileges at a hospital, and that's career-ending. You know, really, most of the time, if you lose your privileges at a hospital uh, for some egregious act, the chances of you ever being privileged at another hospital is slim to none. Right. It's usually, by the time it would, you know, perk up to us, things have happened either locally or within their company or, or whatever that right. have, you know, precluded what's going to their future. Agreed. And I had one last thought, um, and this is notwithstanding, I think this is not the case with children. So we're not talking about children. We're talking about paid, um, well-trained, educated, perfusionist, professionals of any stripe. I don't care what you do, but I'm talking about people like us sitting at this table. I fundamentally believe that you can teach anyone with limitations, obviously, if they just don't have the capacity. But you can teach anyone to do almost anything. But you can teach no one to care. That comes from yourself. You can teach children the value of that, integrity, and so forth. But once you reach the age of maturity, and you're doing what we do for a living, I can't teach Patrick integrity. He can teach, he, he knows what's right and what's wrong by the time he reaches the point where he is. So I think you can teach anyone to do anything, but teaching people to care, I think, is an impossible task. Well, I think you can model behavior that people can then be affected by. It's not that well, they, and that, that would be kind mm -hmm. of the question you're asking, or you were wanting feedback about what people do with their teams. Um, it just starts by, you know, walking that talk. But know. holding people accountable is not the same as teaching people to care. Well, but, but Accountability I think... and internal, um, uh, uh, you know, your sense of, individual integrity and pride is from within. That, that can't be, it can be influenced externally only in the sense of your actions, not how you feel. Mm, I don't know, I disagree with no, that. but I think you can influence the actions. I do so too. That, that you can- That much you, you can do. You, I, I don't know that you can teach empathy, but you can teach, I think, behavior so that you behave well, with sympathy and caring. And, yes. and I think people, you can influence that. Fair enough. And people can be surprised by behaving a different way. It might be rewarding to them mm -hmm. in a way that they didn't they think didn't it know. would be, and then, therefore, they choose to change. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. then, they're, then they're on board. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs>